With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview. I'm Jeff Hartman, editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And for all our live viewers... These are those that are watching live on YouTube. And if you didn't know, you can find us on YouTube by searching BTSC Steelers Radio. I sincerely apologize about the crazy times of our shows. Uh, the standard is the standard has been moved up sometimes. Sometimes this show gets moved back. I know we've had a couple commenters say, like, you know, can't you find that? Look, here's the thing. We all have busy lives. Um, myself, uh, just had a sick child before going on the air. I had to do some cleanup duty as a father. I know that Brian Davis, who's normally my co-host during the show is dealing with his own family matter. So he won't be joining with us. So understand that there's stuff that goes on. I wish it was more regimented, but life happens, but you know, he was with us last week, Dave Schofield. He is with us again this week. I think he's going to be a regular on this show for the off season, maybe even during the regular season. Dave, hopefully everyone's healthy in your house. How's everything going? Uh, everything's going okay. Everyone's healthy now. I was dealing with the same thing a couple days ago. So <laughs> with better, one of my kids. Knock on wood. You better knock on wood. So there you have it. Um, today's episode is going to be, like I said, on the standard as a standard last night. These shows are going to be maybe a little bit shorter than they would be in the regular season. But that does not mean that it's going to be any less significant. Today's focus is going to be on the offensive line. Last week, we broke down the quarterback position, and a lot of people probably wondering, like, well, what is there to break down? There was a lot to break down, especially with the depth at the positions. And so this today, we're going to go down the offensive line. But before we do that, there is some news to talk about. I want to get Dave's take on Art Rooney II's comments that were made uh, when he met with 
Let's hear Steelers Live, KDKA, met with seven beat reporters. This is very typical at the end of the season for the team president. Dave, was there anything in particular that stood out to you out of the numerous comments that he made? Um, I liked how there was a lot of continuity between all the different interviews. Some of the stuff you could tell was almost word for word. Um, some people said he called people out like... Ben likes to call people out in his show. I don't know that I'd go that far, but um, when teams don't make the playoffs and you're the team owner or the team president, people need to be called out. So um, I thought there was some interesting stuff. I like to hear um, that they would like to have Ryan Shazier um, under contract in some way so he can continue to rehab and you know try to work his way back. I'm not holding out any hope for that, but um, I just would like to see him continue to get the have 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 those opportunities with the team um, with using their their facilities in order to do that. Um, that was one thing. They're going to make I think they're going to make that happen. Um, Ian Whetstone, uh, who's a really good follow on Twitter, who knows the salary cap maybe better than anyone else. that's not an official NFL NFLPA employee. Um, he posted some comments today, or it might have been yesterday, and I put him into an article for the website that ran this afternoon about because when the Steelers gave, Shazier is obviously guaranteed his fifth-year option because it's guaranteed for anyone due to injury. So when he got hurt, he's guaranteed that money no matter what. And they gave it to him all up front in the form of a signing bonus. That was a, it was a good move on all fronts for the Steelers, good PR because they're giving him his money up front. He doesn't have to wait for it. So if he needs anything, he can get it. But also because now that they've moved all that money into a, like a signing bonus almost now they can sign him if they wanted to this year at, at a league minimum, which I want to say is just over $400,000. They could put him on the pub list, the physically unable to perform list, and he could still be a member of the team. He's not going to count towards even a million dollars on the salary cap. And therefore, he'd still be able to use the facilities, be around the team, be that coach slash player, if you want to call him that. So I think they'll get it done. If, if they don't get this done, then I will lose a little bit of faith in how I've always felt and how I've always spoken about how the Steelers do business. Uh, when you think about the Steelers, you think about family, whether it's the Rooney family taking care of one another. Um, I would really hope that they would make find a way to make this happen. So, um, so a little, a little bit of tidbit of information there about Ryan Chazier and his contract, but anything else come to, um, I do have a question about that. Uh, I heard something about his, about his contract tolling him and Eli Rogers for this yeah. year because they spent so much time on pup. Yeah. Um, that, that's something that our, our BTSC Simon Chester wrote about. And there's a little bit, there was a little bit of confusion there when, when Art Rooney didn't mention that. So, um, I'll be, it'll be inter interesting to see what happens if his, if it does get told, it might not even make news. It might just show up on the NFLPA website as, you know, moving money from one position to another. So we'll see how it happens, but I fully expect Ryan Chazier to be a part of the Steelers in some way, shape or form in 2019. And, you know, a lot of people, they're constantly wanting to talk about, well, sh should Chazier play again, whatever. I've said this before on, on multiple platforms that's not up to me. You know, 
If, if completely agree, that's if, yeah. that's all if, on what he wants to if, do. If I'm this, okay if he never wants to play again, and I'm yeah. okay if that's his driving force. Exactly, the driving force is the thing. So if if that's what's motivating him to get up every day to hit his rehab hard, this guy was told he had less than a forty percent chance of ever walking again. And even Art Rooney the second said that he was jogging at the team facility the just the other day. My goodness, think about the progress. Now, that does not mean that I wouldn't be really frightened to watch him play football again, because I would be. Uh, but at the same time, it's not my life. It's not Dave. Dave is not your life. Uh, if that's what he wants to do with his life, then so be it. Uh, I think one of the problems we have in our society today is that we're so in touch with everyone that we always want to chime in on what we think we would do. Well, it's not me. It's him. And if he wants to do that, God bless him. I, I wish him nothing but the best, and hopefully he's wearing black and gold. And if he were to be able to return to form, who wouldn't want Ryan Shazier back on the field? You know what I mean? Oh, exactly. I mean, but there's so much more to life than that. I this right. this is kind of near and dear to my heart because it was just over. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago it would have been eight years ago. My mom developed an autoimmune disease where she lost the use of her legs. And had to learn how to walk again, and uh, and she was told she was going to be six months in house rehab, you know, inpatient. Um, but yet, she walked up the steps into my house to watch the Super Bowl that year, and that was from January second to the Super Bowl. Um, so, but when I saw Shazier go on that stage for the draft, the way he walked out there reminded me of. I mean, it really brought back the flashbacks of my mom uh, with her going through that. So, and that's been a long process as well, but she's, she's, she's back and, and walking. I mean, she's 71 years old. So um, the recovery time's a little bit longer, but uh, it's, it's anytime you get that story where someone's told they might not ever walk again, it's, it, it, it's an amazing thing whenever you see them doing what they do. Absolutely. And Ryan Chazier has been an inspiration for a lot of people. Uh, you don't have to be someone that was a, uh, you know, had any type of paralysis to to be inspired by his story. Uh, you don't have to be a Christian and a faith-filled person to be inspired by what he's done. Um, it's just tremendous. I think sometimes fans just need to take it at face value. And that is, here's a young man who was delivered a ridiculous blow. And we're talking about an elite athlete that all of a sudden has lost everything that makes him who he is. And he's working his butt off to get back. And so I am going to say leave, as they say, uh, as long as he's still working and even after that. So um, I just hope that the Steelers do right by him. Um, I have a, I, I, I'm holding out hope that they do. Because if not, like I said, I will lose a lot of faith in what I've always believed is the Steeler way. And that is you take care of your own. I think about what Art Rooney, the chief, would do. There's no chance he would ever let Ryan Chazier be out on out on his own in the cold. Dan would not have let that happen. I hope that his son, Art the Second, will do that as well. So there you have that. Now, one of the things that is news that wasn't mentioned by Art Rooney the Second, at least not that I saw, uh, Mike Tomlin did tweet about this. Uh, when one of the few instances that Mike Tomlin does tweet, um, and that was the loss of Mike Munchak as the Steelers' offensive line coach. And this is fitting considering we're going to be talking about the offensive line in today's episode. It was a lateral move. I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. He he didn't. I, I I there were obviously reports that he was given a lot more money to go to Denver, 
and that had to be a, a driving force. There's also that he has family in the Denver area in Colorado, grandchildren in that area. Um, Dave, uh, what were your original thoughts when you heard Munchak is leaving, but for a, the same exact position in Denver? Um, I thought that, well, that showed that it really was about the family because he had, he turned down other interviews for head coaching jobs. He was very specific with where he would go. And the fact that he hung around out there to be with his family after the interview just went to show that, uh, that's somewhere he'd like to go. Uh, I saw some Steeler fans giving a hard time about, oh, wow, does it really matter if his family's there because he spends so much time in the office and with the team during the season. And when he's not during the season, he can just be out there. But he also has his wife to think about. That's who it's going to be nice for is for her that when her husband is spending these long days with the team and long nights and and road trips and and everything like that, that she'll have other family members around there that, that she can spend her time with. And when you take that and you add in the fact that they were giving him more money, it probably made the decision pretty easy. And I have a feeling that... Um, I have a feeling that this wasn't a difficult decision. I mean, he's kind of done the job in Pittsburgh and sometimes you just want to move on to a new challenge and maybe that's exactly what it is for him. I know that you talked about an, or you wrote about Sean Serrett, who is the new offensive line coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has been an assistant well before Munchak came here. I think since 2012, I think that was like what the Sean Cooler era um, of offensive line work in Pittsburgh. Uh, Dave, what do you know about Sean Serrett and should fans be anxious? Should they be excited? Should they, what, the, what should they expect from this guy? Um, well, I went on with Brian on Monday night. What was it, Monday night? Yeah, with his, with his podcast as well to, to talk about him a little bit. Um, apparently, I've been, according to Missy Matthews, the Steelers reporter, um, I, we've been saying his name wrong. It's Surrett, um, which I think is kind of ridiculous. Um, for someone from uh, Beckley, West Virginia, that has to sound like they're French, um, but we'll go with that. So we'll say Surrett. Uh Yeah, he was he he he's a guy that Art Rooney did speak about this on the Steelers live version of of the interview. Uh, he mentioned about that, and he said they were he was going to get an opportunity somewhere else, if not with the Steelers. So. This is his opportunity. I think he's very well respected from what I understand within the locker room already. He did this job in 2013, but never had the title. That was the year. Um, what was it? What was the guy's name that was the, the coach for one season? Um, oh, shoot. Uh, I should know this, but big, I can't think of it. Big, 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 no, big now. Maybe something you, like that. You're on to something. Yeah. Yeah, he he was in for one year, and they took this they they took responsibilities away from him halfway through the season. They wouldn't fire him during the season, but they they stripped his responsibilities and they had Surrett doing that instead. Um, it just sounds weird saying that. I'm sorry. <laughs> can, can I keep saying Sarrett? Because yeah. My, my one son's name is Garrett, so I'm just so used to it. Um, yeah. it's Garrett, it's Barrett, it's Sarrett. Um, oh, Monsieur Sarrett. <laughs> um, from sorry. Berkeley, from West Virginia. <laughs> um, and I can say that because I'm from West Virginia. Yeah. Right? So I can make fun of that. 
Because I'm from West Virginia. Anyone else can't say that. Go ahead. But anyway, he he took over a lot of the offensive line coaching responsibilities halfway through that season. If you remember, the 2013 season was when Ben was sacked over 40 times. They started 0-4. They couldn't run the ball. And things just weren't working with the offensive line. So he took over um, a lot of the individual work and all the drill work and everything there. And um, if it wasn't for his just general lack of experience, he would have possibly been able to to move into the job in 2014. But then they had the opportunity to get a Hall of Fame player slash coach um, with Munchak. And that would just be any team that would not take Mike Munchak as an offensive line coach would be foolish. So um, the Steelers were really blessed to have him as long as they did. But uh, I think they'll be in pretty capable hands. Uh, the biggest thing that I told uh, Brian about on Monday was the two of these guys split the responsibilities a lot of time. They would split up during drills and during various things. And now the question is, are they going to hire another assistant that's going to assist with the offensive line? Um, or is he just going to pretty much have him himself? Yeah. that That's something that Jim Waxel of uh, Steel City Insider, he wrote that, you know, in, in retrospect, he remembers at training camp and even in practices weekly is exactly what you diagrammed. And that is that Surrett and Munchak, they always, it was like the split group, you know, that they coached together. It wasn't just, uh, Surrett following Munchak around and doing what he's asking him to do. He was just as much a coach as Munchak was. And so continuity, you have that going for you. Um, you have a very veteran laden offensive line. And so there shouldn't need to be a ridiculous amount of coaching involved in that. It should just be more scheming and game planning. Um, but at the same time, you still want someone that's going to be able to get garner their attention, keep their attention, have their respect. And I, I would hope that the Steelers did that when they, before they pulled the trigger on promoting him from assistant to, um, you know, the offensive line coach, the perfect person would be to talk to David DeCastro and Marquise Pouncey and say, look, guys, what are your thoughts here? Is this guy good enough to get the job done? And if they say yes, you got my blessing. That's my theory. I, I think they did that the week before when there was a chance that Munchak was going to be uh, the, the head coach in Denver. That had to be what, what happened because the plan was in place. What was it? Two hours after the the report came to Munchak, definitely was going to be the the offensive line coach in Denver that they announced the the promotion of Surrett. I mean, yeah, they, they knew what they were doing. They this was this was all planned out of exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. So let's talk about that offensive line. This is the preview show. Then we're going to preview this offensive line group. You know, this is the strength of the of the Steelers team as as a whole, especially for the offense. Uh, they they're coming off a I thought a very good season. The Ben Roethlisberger was not sacked that much. I don't have the number in front of me, um, but they kept him clean for a, a good stretch of time. And I, I think about that six-game winning streak that they had, and I want to say there were games where it was almost three games in told where they only given up one sack during that stretch. It was pretty amazing. Um, and so you might have some turnover there now outside of Munchak. Uh, let's talk about some of that turnover. The, the, the offensive line heading into 2018 obviously was Alejandro Villanueva, Ramon, Ramon Foster, Marquise Pouncey, David DeCastro, and Marcus Gilbert. Very well-known, very good, been together for a long time. 
might see some new faces now. So Ramon Foster is set to be a free agent this season, this offseason. And Marcus Gilbert has missed more games than he's played in the last two years. So my question for you, because everyone else is under contract. Villanueva got his deal last year. DeCastro got his two ago, two years ago. Marquise Pouncey got his, like, I think, three or four. He's still under contract as well. So amongst the starting five, Foster is a free agent. And then there's this question mark about Gilbert. Dave, if I'm asking you, let's start with Foster first. If you're the Steelers, what are what is your approach to Foster before heading into free agency? Do you try to get him locked up? Or how do you handle that? Um, I saw a report while you were on cleanup duty, and I was checking Twitter waiting for <laughs> us to start. Um, I can't remember who it was from, but it was a report that um, that 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 Foster said that that the Steelers have already told him that they would like to have him back. Okay. So we've already got that going. So they they told him they want him back. I think they want him back at the right price. So I've heard you say this several times and I completely agree. You got to get him back at the right price. You can tell him, this is what we would like to pay you. If you want to go out and test the market and see if you can do better, we will allow you to do that. It's not like they can't tell him that they can't, but we understand if you want to do that, but maybe even say, Hey, um, let us know before you do anything else. I mean, I, I, they don't have to say that, but I would, I'd kind of like to have that agreement with him because he's a, I mean, he's your, he's your um, players association rep, um, respect the guy in the locker room. I, I, I think he's a good guy to have back. And I think they could really work together to see if they could make the best deal. It's going to be interesting because if you look at the depth, if you look at the fact that BJ Finney, we talked about this right before we went on the air is, I believe set to be an unrestricted free agent as well. And there's a lot of people that believe he's ready to be a starter on an NFL team. And he's a great inside depth guy. Can you bring both of these players back? That is the question that I ask myself. Can you afford to give Ramon Foster a reasonable deal? That's going to keep him in Pittsburgh and keep BJ Finney, who let's be honest, would be a starter on a lot of teams. It, it, as of 2019, can you do that? If you can, that's a heck of a deal because you're giving yourself depth in the interior. We're talking center and guard, and you're also getting a proven commodity in Ramon Foster back. Now, Ramon Foster has his weaknesses. He's not as athletic as the rest of the linemen, but at the same time, he is typically as stout as they come in both the run game and the pass blocking game. He's not... Your typical pooling guard, you look at David DeCastro, he's so athletic, he gets around the edge, even Pouncey. Uh, Foster's not that type of guy, which maybe limits you a little bit. I'm not going to give Foster a deal that's anywhere near, if it's three years, that third year is basically a, look, we can cut you and we're not going to lose anything. Uh, would you, you wouldn't go beyond that, would you, Dave? No, I mean, what? how old is he? Is he... 31, I think it is. 30. He's, he's on the wrong side of 30, I'm pretty yeah. sure. I mean, he's he might be more than that because AB's 31. I, for some reason, I'm thinking he's been around longer than he has. Um, keeping them both would be great, but it's also you, you got to think realistically, and then you got to think about who you would rather have. Um, kind of makes me feel like 
Munchak and Surrett, where you're like, if you're if you're if you keep the one, you're probably going to lose the other. Right. But if you lose the one, you got to do everything you can to keep the other. So I don't know how it's going to play out, but if either one of them are gone, I wouldn't be shocked to see him in Denver. No, I agree with that, and I also would say that if you you'll you'll get an inkling of this on on what the Steelers do by how they handle Finney. Cause I think he's a guy they can lock up first. So if they give Finney a deal and he signs it, then they're basically telling Foster, like, look, we'll, we'll offer you this, but that's it. You know, that that's our deal because we've, we've already locked up the future, so to speak. If they give Finney a four year deal, which is not out of the realm of possibility, he's still very young. I want to say it's only his third year in the league. So um, he's got a lot of years left. He doesn't have a lot of tread on those tires, so to speak. So how the Steelers play their cards early in this new league year is going to show a lot in terms of how they're going to approach Ramon Foster and free agency. But let's go to another player on the offensive line who is still under contract but could be released slash cut. Um, I don't know if it would be a post-June 1st designation or anything like that, and that would be Marcus Gilbert. Gilbert, as I said earlier, has missed more games than he's played in the last two years, whether it was the knee injury this year, the suspension last year, he's had other ailments that have kept him off the field. Dave, you're the general manager. You're Kevin Colbert. What are you doing with Marcus Gilbert? Um, well, I I don't like I, we said before we went on the air. I think there's hardly any dead money that goes along with him if you were to just release him outright. So you just got to decide if you really want to even pay him the, the money. You're either got to pay him to be there. Or just say, you know what, we have other options that are just as good, less expensive, and we can go with it. Um, about the time they cut Gilbert is when the is when you have a season where half your offensive line goes down due to injury. It just seems like that's probably what's what it's going to be. But uh, I, I really don't see any reason to bring him back. Um, it's just it's not that the Steelers really could use the money, but there's better ways to spend it than that. So I, I, I mean, Gilbert started five games last year. He's five. He started five. Filer started 10. And then of course, Chuk started the one in Denver. Um, when, when Filer, they, we thought he might not even go at all, but technically he, he, what was it? A pectoral or something like that. If you yeah, remember. So. Yeah. yeah. And then he just, and then he, uh, he he did dress to at least be the backup to where if he had to go he did so um so you had uh, other guys that that got the got the play in time so um I'm I'm a if if I was a general manager I would probably let him go um but I'm not going to be upset if they don't well the thing is too is that the Steelers have a a lot of depth at tackle. Um, a lot of depth. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. You have Matt Filer, who has now proven himself as a potential a starter, a capable player. And remember, and, he wasn't even a tackle. He no, started he's, off as a there's, guard. There's still so. people that say he's better suited to guard than he is a tackle, but yeah. still, he got the job done against some really good defenses. You have Chooks that you mentioned, uh, the rookie out of Western Michigan, who everyone's like, he's so raw. He has a ton of potential. There's, I never, I'll never forget the people, their draft experts that said, if this guy played at Alabama, he'd have been a first round pick because he has everything yep. that you're looking for in a tackle with the size, the length, 
the reach, the speed, you know. And so Munchak, raw. He was yes, really raw. Yeah. Well, he looked pretty polished now, granted. Yeah. They did give him a ton of help in Denver, Vaughn Miller, rightfully so. You gotta I mean, give anybody help to. against oh, Vaughn Miller. I mean, there come a, on. Yeah, there was a tight end over him. There were chips headed his way all the time. They were definitely sliding past pro to him. But still, nonetheless. Chooks has a bright future, I think, in the NFL. And then you have Gerald Hawkins. He's kind of like the wild card. Yep. If you take if you take Hawkins out, let's say he's still disappointing, because uh, he's entering his. This will be his. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This will be his fourth year. Pretty sure it's his fourth. Yeah. Now last year it ended early with a quadricep tear in off-season workouts. Season he, one was gone altogether. Season one was a shoulder, but he was really yep. impressing people in season one. So season yes. two. Took a step backwards, wasn't as impressed with him. Um, and then season three ended. So this season is going to be huge for him. If he, if, if the Steelers have an inkling that he is in good shape, that he's been working hard, that he is working on his craft, then they could have the the depth to say to Marcus Gilbert, well, you're gone. But if Hawkins is not at that level, if he's not getting that job done, and there's a potential that he is not going to be on the team next year, well, now you're not as deep as you once thought because Alejandro Villanueva, who's under contract, I thought he had, I, I thought that, you know, people were kind of ticked off that certain people didn't make the Pro Bowl. I thought Villanueva was more than deserving of the Pro Bowl nod this year. No one talked about him because he didn't make a lot of mistakes after a really shaky 2018 year, in my opinion. I thought he rebounded really, really well. So it all depends. If I'm the general manager, if I like what I see with Hawkins, then you know what? I can part ways with Marcus Gilbert. We can go into 2019 with a little competition. See who gets that right tackle spot. Is it Filer? Is it Okorafor? Is it Hawkins? Who's going to be the swing tackle? If you know, is Whoever loses that battle is going to be the swing tackle uh, after that. So it's a good problem to have. You know what I mean? Exactly. And uh, I think if Gilbert goes, it's going to be more exactly like you said, it's going to be more of a statement about what they feel about Hawkins. If you see Gilbert still stick around, it's because they're still not sure there, but let's say the Steelers lose Gilbert Foster and Finney. Oh boy. Then who's your starting five you've got, then you go, you go, um, if you lose honestly, Finney, you might have to file a card. Exactly. You move filer to guard and you have Chooks to tackle. And now that's, you're super thin. <laughs> you're super yeah, thin. That, that, then there goes your or your tackle ends up being um a second or third level free agent yeah. um or something like that. Or that's who your backup is because you would need to have a, someone else at guard then if you lost both Foster and Finney. That's why you can't lose them both. You can't lose no. them both. You need to have the depth. But then again, you got to get guys playing time because because they're happy. Uh, here you go. Quick question. Sure. Um, two players on the Steelers this season played 100% of the snaps on offense. Nobody played 100% of the snaps on defense. Who? Two players played 100% of the snaps, all 1,116 snaps on offense. And they were? Alejandro Villanueva is one. That is correct. And... Um... Gosh, you have those garbage time games where they pull guys out. Let me think. It wasn't. It wasn't Foster, was it? I'm, I'm going to give Foster. It was Foster. It has, two of them next to each other. Is it Foster or DeCastro? 
But did Castro miss two games because of injury? Remember, Finney started two games for DeCastro this That's year. That's right. Good, good memory. Yep. Forgot about that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Good. There you go. Yep. And uh, what what I think is ironic, if you look at the total snaps played for the team, this is just something I stumbled across making, you know, seeing that these guys played 100% of the snaps, was uh, the two of them also played 73 special team snaps. So that gives, what, 1,000, I've written down here, 1,189 snaps, which was the exact same number of snaps as... Terrell Edmonds, all three of them led the, led, was, led the team because of Terrell, a lot of defense. Yeah, Terrell Edmonds was the Iron teams. He was the Iron Man for the defense, wasn't he? Played the most yeah. snaps defensively. Um, second most snaps defensively because Sean Davis, even though he missed the last game, uh, Sean Davis had only missed. He Sean Davis only missed, I think, six snaps going into the last game, and then he missed the last game. So, um, so Edmonds was second. Um, was second, so he wasn't because remember he didn't play much the very first game of the season. Right. But when you add on all the special team snaps that he played, that's what helped him to catch up to everyone. So I just thought it was ironic that that it was the exact same number of snaps yeah. um, from someone coming from defense and offense and all that together. So all three of them tied. There you go. It's a good stat. Now, <clears throat> here's where I want to go into, because we didn't have this discussion with the quarterbacks, because let's be honest, the quarterback situation is pretty much those three and how they shuffle themselves out after number seven is going to be debatable in 2019 the offseason but here we have a position that is okay what do we do okay so free agency if we're in the nfl draft we'll just merge these two together if there's a position that we're looking to add where is it along this offensive line 100 percent depends on who they lose um, if, if, See, I don't, if you I don't lose a guard, I don't think it matters. I, I, I think it does. I think if they lose Foster or Finney, then, then you need to have, well, you're right because Filer could move over and play guard if he had to. Um, but I, I think they would look more for a guard, um, either drafting or through free agent. If they lose one of those two, if they lose them both, they've got to go, go look for a guard for sure. Mm-hmm. If not two. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, they, I couldn't believe that Zach Banner stuck around on the fifty-three all season. Well, they um, like him, and he's a monster of a man. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the next. He, he's the. I think he's he's the second tallest guy on the team behind Villanueva, and I'm pretty sure he's the heaviest guy on the team. He reminds me of Flozell Adams. Yes, <laughs> Flozell the Hotel, as they used to call him, who did finish his career in Pittsburgh in, in 2010, Pittsburgh. and we got into the Super Bowl, and they lost to Green Bay. But I digress. Um, I think that <laughs> if the Steelers are going to be approaching the offseason, whether it's free agency or whether it's the draft, they love offensive line versatility. We all know that. They need to find more interior line depth. B.J. Finney's great, but if B.J. Finney has to start, you have no one. Yeah, Filer could move to guard, but if Filer's your best option at tackle, if you get rid of Gilbert, you don't want to rely on him to be a, a guard depth. You want to get some other players in there that could. I, I think you know you you've had these guys with um, Chris Hubbard who could play tackle and guard. You had Cody Wallace who I thought was really really good for the Steelers because he was a center but could also play a really good guard position. That's what they have in Finney right now. I think Finney is a better guard than he is center when he's filled in. Probably. Didn't he play play center at Kansas State? Yes, he did. And he came in as a center. 
um, that that kind of learned how to play guard. And I, it's, that's why it's so surprising that when he's got to fill in, he's I, I feel that he's done better at guard. Now, this is usually when we're talking about games where he hasn't had the week of prep knowing that he was going to play. Yeah. Um, so they got that. So, but but if they lose Finney, if they keep Foster and lose Finney, then you've got to have someone else that can play center. That's yeah. something you got to look for. Yes, and they're you know they they try to get by with these hybrid players. They can play multiple positions, and they've been very fortunate to find those players in the past. I assume that they'll be able to find them again. Um, this is going to be a position to watch, folks, as the off season continues to drag on. What do they do with Gilbert? What do they do with Finney and Foster? Um, who do they bring in, whether it's the draft or via free agency? So, yeah, it's going to be something that's going to be worth watching. That's for sure. And there's something else to remember to go back to what we talked about before. The unknown with Sean Surrett is, you know, that he can work with with the guys. You know that he can work with the guys they have. But what kind? What does he do when it comes to player development? What does it? What What would he have done with an Alejandro Villanueva? What can he do for? Chuksakora for. That's the biggest unknown. We we have a pretty good grasp that that he was right there with Munchak with working with the guys that are going, but we don't know if he's that if he's that, you know, offensive line whisperer like Munchak. Also, how does he do with player evaluation? Because yes. I'm sure that Munchak had his hands and he's not in the scouting department, but at the, I mean, at the same time, he's the one that's at these pro days and he's looking at Chuck Sakura for saying, let's take this guy in the third because this guy's going to be a starting tackle in the NFL. You just give me a few years. You know, there's no way they make that draft pick without checking with him first. Oh, absolutely. There's no way. And so you got to ask yourself, is Surrett going to be that guy that's going to be able to do that and pull that off? And only time will tell, but we'll see. For all we know, maybe Surrett was the guy who saw Chooks instead. We don't yeah, know. You never know. I you mean, know, he might have been the one that said, "Hey, Munch, check this. Check out this guy. I think we could do something with him." Absolutely. There's so, there's so many things that happen behind closed doors that we'll never know. I wish I did know because I find these stories absolutely fascinating. Draft Come on, Jeff, you got to get better at finding out this kind of stuff for I, us. I, yeah, I got to figure something you, you out. You got to have these connections. I got to figure something out because you know, I think draft day stories are some of the best stories. You know, when you talk about these these phone calls that happen, the, the wheeling and dealing and hey, we'll, we'll give you this for that. And next thing you know, bam, you just, it's just incredible. I, I, I don't care what team it is. You know, it was what I thought the story about Patrick Mahomes when the chiefs traded up to get him, uh, you know, there was the, the story of Andy Reed called Mr. Hunt into his office and said, we got to get this guy now. And I think those, uh, that's just really cool. It's, it's like a movie yeah. and I love that stuff and it's cinematic and it's awesome. So hey, there, there you go. There's your preview for the offensive line. There's a lot of question marks. It could be status quo. They could keep Marcus Gilbert. They could find a way to sign both Foster and Finney. And next thing you know, here we are with the same depth chart going into 2019. That would be a good thing. Yeah, it would be, and you never know. So, yeah. um, got a couple quick stats for you yeah. with the line. Go for okay, um, I'd fed these off to Brian, so you might have seen them already on the website because he put them in in his in an article already. But uh, the the Steelers' uh, offensive line gave up a sack every twenty eight point seven pass attempts. That was second best in the league, only to the Colts. The Steelers' offensive line only had 19 penalties on the season. That was second best to New Orleans, who only had 15. So that's a couple of good measuring points for the line. They were ranked overall number one by by um, by Pro Football Focus. 
They were second in passing and 14th in rushing offensive line, but that gave them the number one overall. Wow. There you go. It it was a good year for the offensive line and for them to have. And you only gave them a B. You Uh, gave them a B. I did. I did did because (laughs) I did not because of pass protection for as much as the Steelers threw the ball. Ben Roethlisberger was kept pretty clean. What was, 24 it, sacks? I think it was. Yeah. I mean, they, how many times did he throw the football? I mean, my uh, goodness, a lot. 600 and something. Yes. Yeah. So when you, <laughs> when you look at it that way, that's a tremendous, but I just felt that they, they, and I, I wish they had committed to it. Cause it's not all on the offensive line. I understand mm-hmm. it, but they, you just got to impose your will sometimes. And I just always think back to that Oakland game. You had the worst rushing defense in the NFL and you can't run the football. I don't care if it's Jalen Samuels or not. You have to be able to run the football in those situations. And a lot of that comes down to offensive play calling. I understand that, but they just no. They look uninspired that game. They just, I mean, when when you go out there, you just just watch the line of scrimmage during the game. You can tell, and the offensive line just didn't. Some days you just don't have it as a group, and they did not have it that day. Yeah. And that's where they got to be. There you go. Yeah. And uh, oh, hold on, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, another thing to, to measure that: um, how many how many rushes do you think James Conner had last year that went for negative yardage? Wow, um, I'm going to guess it's a single digit. Uh, no, it was, it's no. a double digit. Really? Yeah, I'll say twelve. He had eighteen. Eighteen. Which actually isn't that bad because the year before Le'Veon Bell had twenty-seven. So well, his, um, his pitter pattering in the backfield didn't always work. Exactly, out. but but eighteen eighteen um, rushes that went for negative yardage that had him seventeenth among running backs, meaning sixteen other running backs had more than that. Now, granted, he missed three games, but yeah. uh, but in those three games, it wasn't very much more. It was only what is it twenty-six total between the three running backs. I believe, 20, and 20, I believe, and I believe twenty six rushes for negative yards, and I believe Connor almost doubled explosive plays. Yes, compared to Bell, I'm I'm, I'm working on some running back stats, so okay. that's why I threw that one out there. I didn't want to get into that because we'll talk about running backs another time. Yeah, but so, I, I think it was like rushes for over. But to me, a tackle for loss, a lot of time that's on the offensive line. Someone didn't block someone or someone couldn't pick up something or they just sent sometimes it's not always on the offensive line. Sometimes they just, they put more guys in an area than what you can block. That happens. Sometimes they pick the perfect defensive call for, for what you were doing. It's like, um, it's like on technical. It's oh, like yeah. technical. <laughs> if you pick the same play, it's done. You yeah. can't do anything about it. Even if you, even if you have Bo Jackson, it doesn't matter. Bowl, it doesn't matter. You're not getting loose. You're getting tackled for loss. So there you go. Yep. Super Tech Mobile changed my life. We used to have, <laughs> we used to have the, you played the game, right, Dave, I'd imagine. Um, not probably as much as what you think, but I've have played it, but there I wasn't. Is, there is an age gap between Dave and I, so I don't know if that's going to play a factor. Oh, no, that, no, I should have played more Tech Mobile. Yeah. I just, well, I didn't have a lot of access to video games. It was super Tech Mobile. Now, Tech Mobile, you had four plays, two pass, two mm-hmm. run. Very simple. Not even you didn't even have a full allotment of teams. Now you had Super Tech Mobile. That was my that was it. Because in Super Tech Mobile, you had every single team. The Steelers were awful. And you had eight plays, four pass, four run. It really opened things up. It made it fun. We used to have the no Niners rule when we played amongst <laughs> our friends because 
Joe Montana to Jerry Rice was just automatic no matter what. And so we would sit down and say, hey, are you going to play? And so someone would say, well, I'm going to be the Detroit Lions with Barry Foster. I'm going to run all over you. Or I'm going to be Barry, Barry Foster. I'm not Barry Foster. I'm sorry. Barry <laughs> I knew what you're saying. You could have been Barry Foster for the Steelers, but he wasn't doing the <laughs> damage that the other guys were. <laughs> he could have been Bo Jackson with the Raiders, and he was just a tank. Um, it. I digress. I, I did not want to get into the video game realm, but I do have to say that that was a huge part of my childhood. All right, I'm I'm looking around here, and is this is I'm, 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 no, I'm kind of in my toy area right now, but it's mainly just Star Wars Legos. Oh. Um, I was looking for my for for my handheld um, electronic football game um, that's just the little red dashes. Mm-hmm. You, uh, you're probably way too young for this one. Some of you viewers out there might know this one, um, or you just had to move them up and down and over around oh, while the defense that. was. I didn't going. have it, but yeah. I played it. Oh my! I because I had that. My brother had it um, growing up. I, I, my wife got me a version of it a few years ago. <laughs> no, man. I mean, I, I can think of it when it comes to video games as a kid. Uh, just regular Nintendo. The eight bit was was what my I loved it. And then uh, never had Nintendo when Sega Genesis came out, and I did get a Sega. I had a Sega Genesis. I, I didn't. Get, <laughs> I didn't get Super Nintendo. And that was where Joe, that was where Joe, uh, John Madden football debuted was for Super Nintendo. Um, I had Sega. I had Joe Montana football. That was when games just started to get really complex, and I just wanted to play and have fun, you know. <laughs> yes, so it was. That, know. It, it, now it's just insane. I don't have. I went from Atari to Sega Genesis. I, I missed wow. the. Yeah, Talk about I still have my Atari. I still have my Atari. Yeah, uh, yeah. The problem is finding joysticks and paddles that can work. You buy them off of eBay, and people say, "I don't know if they work or not." You buy them for two dollars, and they don't. Well, um, but, there's a uh, place. There's a place in town. We'll talk off the air that sells stuff like that. So we'll mm-hmm. maybe. Oh yeah, that, there's a couple places around that does that. But yeah, I don't know that I really want to get into it that much because <laughs> actually, right now I'm looking over because um, I'm down in my in my what I call it's our family room, but it's, it's what I call the fun room because we got we got Star Wars Legos, I got a Steelers wall, I got all kinds of stuff. You know, I got my big bad helmet behind me that I wear yeah. to games. Um, but I, I currently have my Nintendo 64 hooked up down here, oh, um, with, um, okay. with, the with the old school Mario Kart, but, Mario uh, Kart. that's, that's when Goldeneye. I started, um, Goldeneye, you gotta have Goldeneye. Everyone loved Goldeneye. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not a first person shooter guy. I'm not okay. a first person. But, uh, I wasn't. I only like Goldeneye when you're playing with friends. You had the four persons player. You had the screen all split up. You try to cheat by looking at other people's screens where they were. Uh, that was what it was. That was where it was at for me. Yeah, Mario everyone Kart's was into that. I was. I was not. Um, Mario Kart is, is that's still a good one I got now. So did you but, Did you enjoy the Hayward versus to it Mario Kart series that they did on Twitter this year? Did you see that at all? I did not no as the other week yeah i missed every... that where was and i, I followed hayward on on twitter no, 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 i never was, saw that one time it was the steelers official account um i, saw, I followed them would, on twitter as well yeah i never would, saw that they recorded those two they would play sure it was twitter because i don't do like instagram yes. or anything like that it was twitter and they they did like three games and they and hayward beat them every time yeah, see, well, uh, and my big game on the on the Sega Genesis was NHL '97. I think it was NHL '97 with uh, Van Beesbrook was on the cover yeah. of that one. 
NHL NHLPA 93. That was when the Players Association controlled the game. And that was 93. I had every other year for some reason. Don't ask me why. NHLPA 93, NHL 95, NHL 97 with Van Beesbrook on the cover, which was a phenomenal game. I would be the Penguins every time. I'd play a season. I was the Penguins. Yeah, I played an entire season. I put... uh, I put Tomas Sandstrom in as a defender so I could just bring him up the ice and have his killer <laughs> slap shot, just sink goals. Now, it was, I still remember how you score because every single NHL game for Sega had a way that you could score every time. And I'll never forget, it was either 95 That's so or 97. Fun. <laughs> well, you just have to be good enough to do it. So it was either 95 or 97. If you got the puck on the wing and you approached the goalie from that left dot or right dot, Deke to the center and then shoot back. Go every time. Oh I, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I thought you meant like some. No, 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 so no, 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 no. I thought no. you meant like some cheat. I'm like, oh no, that was no, my no, shot no. right there, man. That's no, what I would do. We're not talking about no contra. Down, we're not talking across, about... boom, and yep. We're not talking about the contra code. Up, down, up, yeah. down, left, right, left, right, select, start, B. You know, not that <laughs> thing. Uh, we're talking about yeah. So I would be Mario Lemieux, and I would literally pass the puck around until Mario got the puck, and then I would go down and score because. He was my favorite. He still is my favorite. He's the greatest hockey player I'll ever watch play live. And I've seen Sidney Crosby multiple times, but there's no one better than Le Magnifique in number 66. But so, okay, there's our video. Game I was going to say, you do realize there are two football games this weekend we could be talking well, about. We are. We're getting there now, but we're getting a little sidetracked. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to check out the live feed right now to see if anyone's yelling at us. Like, come on, guys. They're all leaving is what they're doing. Actually, someone, who was it that said that, 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 that um, some people were talking about having Nintendo 64? Uh, what's that, a Bailey's Home Arcade? I don't know what that is. I don't know. That's it. The thing is, man, it, it all it all automatic threes from the corner on double dribble for NES. <laughs> double dribble. That was like Blades of Steel. Remember Blades of Steel? Blades yep. of Steel. Fling at the very beginning, and then Sega. You had a Sega. Did you have NBA Jam? That is was that the, is that the two on two? Yes, that was such no, a good. No, game. forget that. I didn't have that for Sega. I would play that at the. I, there was a pizza place that had that in the arcade. We had that. That place was great. Sega. He's heating um, up. He's on fire. He's on fire. I still say that all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Charlotte Hornets, Larry Johnson, and Alonzo Mourning. That was always um, the Seattle Supersonics with Sean Kemp and Detlef Shrimp. Thank you very much. Really? Yes. Well, uh, every once in a while, I'd, I'd go to the pathetic Dallas Mavericks because oh. they had Mike Isolino, whose uncle was my <laughs> driver's ed teacher. <laughs> or, hey, you know, I used to like playing because everyone could play with Jordan and uh, I want to say it might have been Horace Grant actually was. His I, I think you're right. I, think I remember Grant. seeing the Rex specs. Yeah, he yeah. wore the Rex specs on the game, but I I would always play with the Utah Jazz. Carl Malone and John Stockton were a great duo. Oh, then you had um, what? Like was it Chris Mullen and, yeah. and Golden State? I mean, you could just play with him and just shoot from half court. I'm telling you that yeah. that was when the NBA was fun to watch. And I don't watch I love anymore. Now me neither. So, <laughs> yeah. anyways, okay, okay yeah. We'll, We'll we have games whole... this weekend. Let's talk about games this weekend. Let's do it. Let's talk about uh, Brian's going to be upset that he missed the old school video game. I don't talk. know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. He's he's a nerd, but I don't know if he's a video game nerd. I don't know. Yeah, he, I'm not a video or... game nerd, but uh, I do it when I can. I, I I guess looking back, I was. I I did get Nintendo Power when I was a kid, and I loved playing video games. And I, I just anymore. love our Wii. I just like I like Wii golf. I could do that all day. You know, actually like, swinging the club. I like real <laughs> golf, but that's okay. Yes, well, <laughs> you can't always go out and play real golf when it's raining. I, I wish oh, I wanted to. 
Okay. Um, okay. So this, this Sunday. <laughs> do you have do you have the uh, the spreads or anything? Um, I heard them today. I was listening to Mad Dog Russo on my way home. Yeah, I'm one of those weird guys that likes Christopher Russo. Oh. Um, and so three for the was, home team for both is what I got on Yahoo. Right, three and a half. I heard might be the yeah. spread against the uh, the Patriots, or so th- there might be a hook here. Or there, but we'll just say straight up three on both both games. So we're starting off first game. I want to say it's around what what time is that? Three oh five. NFC, Los Angeles Rams at the New Orleans Saints. How do you see this game playing out? Who are you taking straight up, and would they cover the spread? Hmm. I'm <laughs> I'm going to say it's a push <laughs> because okay. I'm I'm going to say I'm going to go with the Saints by three, um, just because that's that's that that's the hard bet so to to actually have happen. So I'll go with that one. Um, yeah, I, I I see. I think the Saints will start faster than they did last week. I don't think they're going to be playing from behind. I think it's going to be more of the Saints are going to be. Are going during the second half of the game. You're going to see the Saints running the ball. You're going to see the Rams chucking the ball. Um, but I mean, it's 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 the championship games. Uh, nothing would shock me. Um, uh, oh, here's a good question for you, Jeff. Something I, I looked up before. When's the last time a visiting team won either of the championship games? A visiting team. Well, we know it happened in 05. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure it happened before that because the Giants did the same. Mm-hmm. Um, last time a visiting team. I'm trying to think if it happened last year. No, not the AFC. It was last year, wasn't it? The NFC? The Eagles didn't host. No, the Eagles were the one seed. Remember, they limped in with because they lost uh, No, they were the dogs. You're right. Yeah. They, they were the dogs. Um, they were the I don't, I don't, but the underdogs. It wasn't the Giants, was it? Uh, no, it's it, it was... Uh, Here's here. I'll, I'll I'll give you a hint. Both the last time a visiting team won a, a conference championship game, uh, a vi- the visiting team won a, both both games in the same year. Huh. And both teams scored twenty eight points in the in the games they won. You got to tell me. I'm drawing a blank. That would be the Ravens and the Forty ers in two thousand twelve season. Oh, puke. Yes. Fest. Ever since then, it's been all home teams. Wow, that's interesting. I yeah. I like that for multiple reasons. This Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so, oh, hey, I looked up some other crazy stuff. Um, here, let me let me pull it up here real quick. Um, I thought because I, I'm looking at, I'm like, hey, these are both rematch games. How often does it happen that it's a rematch game? Does that really happen all that often? And I looked back at the ten previous years, and that's the norm that 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 it's a rematch game. Actually, last year was the only year in the last 10 years where neither team had played each other already in the season. Wow. So in the AFC and NFC championship game. Um, then there's some years where one where where there was a it was a rematch in one game, but not both. But actually, here let me count it up. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, five out of the last ten years, the teams had played each other, and in two of those years, the teams had already played each other twice because they were from the same division. Mm-hmm. So that was that was all. That was um, obviously that was what year was that? Two thousand eight, which is how far back I went, and you know what happened in two thousand eight? Yes, that was Pittsburgh Baltimore. So therefore, uh, they had played Baltimore twice uh, twice that season, and they had beat them both times earlier. So they beat yeah. them three times that year. Um, the other time was. 
green, which were also involved a, a Super Bowl that involved the Steelers was 2010, but it was Green Bay beating Chicago um, in the NFC Championship game, but they had split earlier in the season. Right. So um, there some other various trends. I know we want to talk about what's going on with the games, but um, this year it hadn't happened for a while where Kansas City lost to New England during the season, but yet they still are a higher seed where they're going to be hosting them for the championship game. So so they lost to New England in New England, but they're but they get to host them this time. Cause you know a lot of time you lose that head to head matchup. The other That's team's gonna yeah. yeah the other team's gonna gonna have the advantage. But uh, the last time that 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 a team um lost lost to a team, but then hosted them in the AFC championship game was 2013. Uh, that was Denver. And that's when they were able to, to revenge that loss. Actually in the last 10 years, it's happened four times. And, and the teams that host the games are three and one. So they've won three out of the four, you know, the, um, uh, the Steelers were one of those, right? Didn't they lose to the jets? What year was that? Yeah, to go to the Super Bowl in 2010. They yeah. had lost to the Jets in the regular season, but then they were able to beat them, host them, and beat them in the playoffs. And that was a horrible loss. Yeah. They blew a lead. I'll never forget. I was really angry after that no, one. That was uh, They lost 22-17 in the regular season, but then beat them 24-19 in the playoffs. That's yeah, the they jumped game. out to a huge lead in that playoff game. and then yeah, It was like 22 nothing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, and then here comes Mark Sanchez, and they're starting to inch their way back in, and I mean, because it was a shutout at halftime, right? I thought oh, I remember yeah. right. Well, but fumble, or, or only but like fumble three or whatever, yeah. But fumble was at his best in that game in the first yeah. half, and then he turned it around. Let's get back to square yes. one. Okay, Go you said you'll take, you'll take the Saints in a yep. push. The funny thing about this game for me is that both of these teams, in my opinion, are trending the wrong way. I am not impressed with the Rams. They ran the ball like crazy on Dallas. No one expected that. I think that the Saints are stout enough on their defensive front to slow that down, not stop it, slow it down. Jared Goff has not been impressive since the midway point of the season. The Saints, not been impressed with them since Pittsburgh went in there and should have won the game and didn't. I'm not saying that Pittsburgh gave people a recipe for success in the Dome, but for crying out loud, they gave you a pretty decent blueprint to follow if you want to go in there and kind of slow them down. Uh, so for me, I do like the home team in this one. I think that Breeze and company are going to make enough plays. I don't think this is going to be as high scoring as people think because I don't think either coach, even though McVeigh and Peyton are both guys that like to gamble, are not going to make huge risks in such a huge moment. It might happen in the fourth quarter, second half, then the first quarter look for them to play conservative, play field position, I'm going to say that the Saints win. I'm going to say that they cover. I'm going to say they win by four. So yeah. it'll be interesting. It's going to be a one-score game. I'd be stunned if it's anything else. I would not be stunned if the Rams win this game. Um, it's not likely, as you said, with the trends and the statistics. But at the same time, we'll see. We'll see. So let's go to the AFC side. Well, I'm going to say if go the ahead. Rams win this game, it's going to be because they're they're, they're just going to run the ball like crazy. I don't I don't think. And, well, they got to run it. They got to hit some big passes and play yeah. action. They've got to hit. If, some if big the run's passes. not working at all, then they're, they're, they're in, trouble. in trouble. But I mean, I was surprised 
watching CJ Anderson run the way he did. I mean, that was just crazy last week. Picked him up off the scrap heap. Yep. <laughs> he rushes for what was it, like 140 and two touchdowns is insane. The yeah. only guy that had a better day was Sony Michelle. And thank goodness I had him in my FanDuel lineup. But anyway, I was going to say 0.38, Jeff. That's the, that was the magic number. <laughs> yeah, you beat me by 0.38. You know the funny thing is, if Alshon Jeffrey catches that pass and he was my receiver, I win. I win that league. Now I still won money. I'm not complaining. I've won a lot of money there. I didn't. I've I've come out on the plus side of our league. But I'll say this: if Alshon Jeffrey Jeffrey catches that pass, I win the game. I win. I, I, I'm still watching like. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding! Oh my gosh! Anyways, the excitement that is Fanduel for me is only only beaten by the watching the Steelers. Like I, I get so excited. I sit there, and my wife will watch the games with me, and I'll be like, "Yes, Fanduel." She's like, "Up oh, there, he goes." <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's swing over yep. to the AFC side of things. We have the New England Patriots going to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a huge game for the Chiefs. Everyone hates the Patriots. That's not debated by anyone. This is a tough one to pick, though, for me. Here's why. And I'm not going to give you my prediction. I'll let you do that first. But everyone was so amazed by the New England Patriots last week against the Chargers. Well, guess what? They had an extra week to prepare. Bill Belichick is a good football coach. He he has a sordid past. He has does some stuff that's very sketchy. Um his team does stuff that's very sketchy, but if you give him an extra week to prepare for an opponent, it's going to look like it did last week. That's just the nature of the beast. And they've always had a buy. I can't remember the last time they didn't have a buy because they play in the worst division in football. So I don't take last week's game as a sign that they are back, that they're better than ever. I take it as they had an extra week to prepare. They're fresh. This is going to be more telling for me. How do you see this game playing out, Dave? I see this playing out. I I want to see um, Mahomes just do his thing. I like that it doesn't matter who's back there. They can run the ball. Um, I, uh, Sammy Watkins is back. That helps. Uh, Tyreek Hill, you just get him the ball. Kelsey is, is Gronk of four years ago, um, in my opinion. Uh, Kansas City's got everything going for him. So, uh I'll go with the Patriots. I was waiting for the but. Yeah, <laughs> but well, honestly, it's just like the last pick. Who? Which quarterback do you have more confidence in? I have more confidence in Drew Brees than I do Jared Goff. And although I think Mahomes um, is a fantastic quarterback, I mean, who's going to bet against Tom Brady in January? They just don't do that so he's got the experience factor there I, i'm just gonna have to go with the patriots because i don't want to i want him to lose um so but every I'll, time i want him to lose or think they're gonna lose they win i'll tell you who's gonna bet against them this guy i think the kansas city chiefs at home the patriots in the playoffs are not as strong away from air of uh, from foxborough and gillette stadium as they are on the road I don't think they've ever punched their ticket to a Super Bowl away from Foxborough. I think you're correct. So well, that that plays. What's since, that? Um, who was that? Where Bled, where Brady came in for Bledsoe. Bledsoe came back for Brady. That was in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, but that I mean, that I was think, 2001. 
Yeah, I don't think they've done that. That's, that's the last time. Since, yeah. So for me, I think that's a that's a huge factor in this. Is that this year the Brady and the Patriots away from Foxborough have not been good. Period. They have not been good away from home. At home, I think there might be a, they might be undefeated at Foxborough this year. Away from home, not nearly as good. I think Patrick Mahomes is arrogant enough, not cocky, arrogant. He's confident enough in his abilities that he's not going to be scared when he goes out there. And he's going to sling that freaking rock around. He might throw it left-handed, underhanded, sidearm, behind his back. Who knows? He's going to make the plays. I think the Chiefs' defense is good enough <clears throat> Excuse me, to slow down the Patriots. <clears throat> and you know what? People forget that the Chiefs tied the Steelers for 52 sacks, which is the most in the NFL this year. They can get after the passer. And if you can get in Tom Brady's face, we saw what happened in Pittsburgh. You can do it. It's possible. You've got to fluster him early, take him out of the pocket. They can do it. I think the Chiefs win. And I'm going to, the Chiefs win. And, man, that three points. They're giving three. They're giving the Patriots three. I'll take the Chiefs straight up, but the Patriots getting points. There you have I'll it. even give you the three and a half. I'll give you the hook. Give me the hook. Okay. Then I'm definitely taking the Patriots getting the points. I think it's going to be another close game. I think we're going to be in for a really good day of football on Sunday. And so you would have Breeze and Brady as a Super Bowl headline. I have Breeze and Mahomes, although I do think it would be cool. My ideal matchup would be to have the Rams and the Chiefs get the two young guns in there, get a lot of fresh blood, you know. Uh, you get Todd Gurley out there, you know, get these guys that don't get a lot of exposure typically because of their, their markets. And I know L.A. is L.A., but L.A. is not L.A. in the NFL, if you know what I mean. Um, oh, yeah. You know, you're going to make me look up a stat now because I just got to thinking of it. When's the last time a team with a top five salary running back won the Super Bowl? A top five salary running back? Yeah. Won the Super Bowl or got to the won Super Bowl? Won the Super Bowl. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to go back and look it up. I'm trying to think if Brandon Jacobs was a very highly paid running back when they I'm, won with the Giants. I mean, I, if he was, he didn't. If if he was a top five paid running back, he shouldn't have been. Well, but um, you got to think last year, even. I mean, for crying out loud, outside of Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy was the highest paid running back yeah. by year. Would Jay Ajahi have been up there? I mean, he was the running yeah. back for the Eagles. I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'll tell you what. I thought this was a good show. I mean, we got a lot. We got a lot accomplished. We definitely dissected the Steelers' offensive line, their depth, and where they should maybe approach getting some new blood, whether it's through the draft or free agency. We talked um, a lot about video games, which who doesn't? Say, don't, don't forget about the video games. <laughs> you know what? I I I cannot speak for everyone, but I listen to a lot of sports talk radio. I drive 45 minutes one way to work, okay? So I have XM Radio in my car, and I listen to Mad Dog Sports Radio as my primary station, but I'll also go over to Fox Sports Radio. I don't listen to a lot of ESPN Radio. I just think they're not very good. Um, but I, my favorite guy ever is Dan Patrick, uh, and, and he is on XM. I listen to him in podcast form, and one of the things I love about Dan Patrick is 
they don't always just talk about sports. They'll talk about some of the most off the wall stuff and it's hysterical and it keeps your attention. And so maybe there are some listeners out there that enjoyed the little segment on Sega Genesis and Nintendo NES games. Um, and maybe you didn't, if not, I apologize. Actually, no, I don't apologize. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, Here's the deal with this show. I want everyone to know that this programming is not changing. So I talked yesterday on our standard is a standard show that the standard is a standard is moving to Sunday night in hopes of getting Lance out of his car and into his house so that he can give, get a better sound quality. And that show will then be aired on Sunday live and then will be aired uh, on podcast form and on the website on Mondays. And then Tuesday and Wednesday will be probably one of our solo shows as well as the hangover and then we will be back on Thursday night with the Steelers preview. Hopefully next week will be the dream team again. And that's Dave, Brian, and Jeff. And so we'll hopefully get everyone back on the same page next week. But in the meantime, Brian, or I'm sorry, Brian, Dave, I, I almost got through a whole It's show. okay. I, my I almost... <laughs> dad's name is Brian. I've been called Brian my whole life. <laughs> okay. So in, in, uh, with that said, I almost made it through a whole show without calling you Brian. Dave, thanks <laughs> for your time. I appreciate you hopping on. We'll see everyone on the next episode of the Steelers Preview. My name is Spencer Hall. My name is Jason Kirk. My name is Ryan Nanny. And when we combine, we form the, the Shutdown, Shutdown Fullcast. I keep telling you, we're not Voltron. The Shutdown Fullcast is technically a college football podcast, but it's also a show about lawn care disasters, regional grocery stores we love, Tennessee Batman, homeowners associations, Bears and video games. I mean, there's also some actual football discussion, like about coaches having huge contracts or coaches making terrible decisions or coaches saying really stupid things. Or the NCAA saying really stupid things. Yeah, there's lots of stupid things in this big, dumb, beautiful sport. Sometimes we talk about football games. Allegedly. If you want to take college football exactly as seriously as it deserves to be taken, come find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts like this one. The Shutdown Fullcast. It's not Voltron. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.